Hello and welcome to Weekly Open. I am Brian Krogsgaard here with Don and Luke. What's up, guys? Bitcoin Monday, up. man. <laughs> <laughs> it is Monday indeed, and uh, you know what? We're happy to be here with y'all on Weekly Open. This episode is brought to you by Blockfolio. Go to weeklyopen.com, which has a new coat of paint, by the way. Go to weeklyopen.com slash blockfolio to check it out today. Download it using that link, and then you can trade from one asset to the other, any asset you like, no fees, a great mobile experience, and it still has all the portfolio tracking features that you've loved since 2014, completely powered by FTX Books. FTX, now the owner of a uh, stadium name uh, (laughs) as well in Miami. Uh, Thanks to Blogfolio for being our partner for the show. Once again, weeklyopen.com slash Blockfolio. Check it out. Download it. Try it. It is fantastic. Uh, I tell you what, man, I've been doing a lot of uh, withdrawals out of Blockfolio because we give away um, $1,000 or $2,000 per show for up only, which we do. And, uh, man, the withdrawal process and the deposit process is so stinking seamless on Blockfolio. It's great. So Happy to have them. How are you guys doing? Good. Doing well, can't complain, man. Bitcoin's up. Yeah, everything everything's good. The trading's <laughs> going to be good, and you know, life's just overall better. Yeah. What can you complain? I about? agree. What can you complain about when uh, you break the resistance right as the weekly open is uh, coming in and getting started for the day? We just can't fade this for the rest of the day. That's what's important, right? Yep. Um, it would it would go from looking really good to looking really bad if we <laughs> if we faded this daily. Don, uh, why don't you give us an overview of where we are in the market from a price action perspective with uh, Bitcoin? Uh, yeah, I can. Uh, so I kind of go like I wasn't uh, at home all weekend basically. Like I left early early Friday and um, we were down here and I was like ah. Oh, this isn't looking too good because I expected this to go like to support and then maybe bounce from there kind of front ran it. And then legitimately just, I mean, this was resistance up at that point and then just engulfed it and just shot off. So, I mean, my system got completely um, blown out of the water, but I mean, I'm glad I didn't trade it because I wasn't home. Um, but yeah, we closed at resistance yesterday. So, I mean, if this gets faded today, that'd be bad. I think, um, but as long as we're like staying like this or going up, I think we're all good. Because I mean, if we fade this, right? I mean, the fearsome head and shoulders kind of starts showing up again. Yeah, set some kind of uh, lower high. Yeah, I mean, I like this from a. I mean, this just looks good as long as this candle closes like like it is right now. As long as that's the case, we're all good. Um, And even if we don't, let's say we close back below. We still have supports lower down. As long as we don't take out the, the higher low that we set, it's all good, basically. My kind of line for where it looks a little gross is around 56.7 or so. Do you agree with that, Luke? 56.7. I mean, like, honestly, <laughs> I'm, I may be a little bit more loose with this just because I, I don't swing Bitcoin too much, right? It's more just like positional. Um, like even like 48, 52 would be fine. Like it's not going to be fun. I'm, I'm not going to be having too much fun on Twitter. Uh, I'm not going to want to check Blockfolio, but like <laughs> the most important thing for me is, is I've looked at uh, this trend in the past couple months is like every single month when we start the month, we're basically green. Like the first two weeks of each month we've ran up 
And then if there's ever any selling, it's generally happening the last week of the month. And that's, you know, a lot of people think that's because of what's happening with the options and people kind of pinning the market there. So the fact that the options expired on Friday, we got through that, the option to bear market, now we're ripping right after. I mean, it's like confirmation, like the demand is still here. The market now can kind of trade where it needs to go. People aren't hedging aggressively. And like the fact that we had this today, even though it's a small move, I think is kind of symbolic of, you know, now the market's unpinned. This is where it was, it wanted to go. So to me, I think things are pretty good. I wouldn't even be that worried if we symbolic got down to that green box that, that Don has marked there at 50. Yeah. Um, so I think the only thing I would add to that is I like to watch this 20-day, particularly for flips, right? So it's a fast-moving average. We definitely fall below it frequently whenever we're like in consolidation. The faster the moving average, the more likely it is to get faked out. But one of my favorite trades with it is when it's recaptured because it's usually a tendency of the market kind of recapturing momentum, breaking out of that consolidation. So usually when you get a... Uh, you know, a pretty confident break above that 20 days. 20 days also the mid midline on the Bollinger Bands, if people are curious why I like this moving average in particular, because, you know, people are always so arbitrary what moving averages they like and stuff. I like the added confluence that it's also a central part of Bollinger Band analysis. Um, so with this daily, why I was nervous is we closed yesterday's daily just under that 20-day it was like right into kind of the demand zone, whatever. Um, and so now if we flip this and then maintain that that level that I was talking about around 57, then it makes me feel like we kind of want to bounce up and con- either continue consolidation and whatever this narrowing range is, whatever you want to call that, um, or maybe we get some some real markup, which would be sweet with this new uh, with this new monthly on the way. So You tried real hard to not call it a rising wedge, did you? <laughs> I Well... I don't, don't think, even say that word. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that I buy it as like a a rising wedge, uh, really. Not yet. Like it maybe if it's up here at like sixty six, you know what I mean? Like it's not it's not really danced in there for too long. Like you could have tried to draw something back here, but this is a classic Bitcoin thing to do, right? Like just break yeah, and break, then run. Yeah, break and run out of something like that. And I th- I feel like Generally, the more narrow a consolidation range, the more any asset likes to just break down out of it until it becomes uh, more reasonable consolidation on high time frames. So back when we had prior consolidations, like they just didn't look good as consolidation, even if they looked good as consolidation on a four hour, they don't necessarily shape up as well like when you get to something like a daily but now we're getting to however many bars it's been, 38 bars. That's over a month of like no real new high on Bitcoin. That's a reasonable amount of consolidation in my mind. Um, yeah. And then on the weekly, like a strong trending market, it doesn't have to consolidate. Like that's a bear market when it consolidated for a long time there, right? Even even here in 2019, it went to the very edge of consolidation's potential which makes it less demand. Like you, Josh talks about this a lot. Like if you have these patterns, they should really break out by the time they're about two thirds full because people realize it's the pattern and then there's enough demand to get out of it, you know? And if it goes to the very edge, it's almost like this desperation and it tends to not, not go the direction you want it to with some exceptions. Like this one was totally a, uh, a sneaky one where it went all the way to the tip of 
reasonable consolidation. Everybody was moaning and groaning about that, and then you know it actually broke up instead of down. Um, but for the most part, I don't need massive consolidation on a weekly basis. Uh, just a couple of candles sideways could end up looking like a really nice consolidation on those you know daily and four hour time frames. Yeah, I mean, you showed the four hour earlier. That looked like an inverse head and shoulders. If you're into the pattern kind of things, yeah. Uh, you mean from here, or though this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess you could. Um, but my thing is again, you know, you start getting all loon liney on this if you keep drawing. Um, my thing on these is this is a very narrow pattern, so like it could play out. Uh, pretty much at any point, like kind of the maximum though would be the full height of the previous pattern. Uh, so you take that up there and lo and behold, that takes you back to prior highs. Um, so yeah, you could say that's a thing, but it doesn't mean it's going to go like to 80,000 because it's got this tiny little inverse head and shoulders, but it's tradable, I guess, for somebody that's doing active trading, you know, trying to figure out like, where's the next thousand dollars, $2,000 moves or whatever. Um, yeah. I don't like one of the things I, I keep considering as well. Um, let me open up this screen real quick. Is you guys can see that chart, can you? Uh huh. Um, like, I think the biggest consideration, like, f- for everyone, whether you're a trader or an investor in Bitcoin, is, is basically just is the bull market over? Like, that's, that's the question <laughs> yeah. I ask myself like every week. And, and if you look back at 2017, that's the best guide of where we have like a ridiculous parabolic market that, that lasts as long as uh, the current one has. If you count this market starting as, as in March, like when we have, we didn't even have too much consolidation that run up to 20K. Like there were periods though where we would have the 20 or 30% pullbacks. Here's a great example. Basically each time, right, within that 30 day window after we started pulling back, we're breaking to new highs. Like if all of a sudden, you know, even one of the nastier ones, which was what, September of 2017, we pulled back almost a full 40%. But within the next 30 days, like a, you know, one month, we're already making new highs. So like, I, as I look at all this action, like patterns aside, levels aside, uh, as you're watching a blow off top, like Bitcoin's going to have 20 or 30% pullbacks, these type moves that we've had twice now in the past few months, like that's happening. But if in within the next 30 days, like even if we're consolidating, if we break a new high, to me, it's like, I'm just going to keep holding my Bitcoin. Like, you know, if you have the 30% pullback, you consolidate and don't make a new high, then you start to say, holy shit, you know, what's happening here? Is that the top? And until that happens, man, like, I, I don't know. Like uh, levels aside, patterns aside, it's like the party goes on, at least for me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I like that a lot. People always talk about like how do you make sure that you capture eighty percent of the trend? And honestly, when you have such a large trending market, capturing eighty percent, you've done very well, right? Like you can take a like if you get out with only a twenty percent drawdown, and it's when the music actually stops, you've done quite well. Um, because the in, in a strong trending market like that, twenty percent is a normal pullback, right? So if you're capturing eighty sure. percent, then um, figuring out like when do I exit? When do I, when do I get back in? All that kind of stuff. Like it can become quite difficult to capture that eighty percent. It's much more reasonable, actually, in my mind, that you only get like sixty percent of the trend because you're mm-hmm. wait, you're waiting for like a much fuller breakdown before yep. you risk off. 
I mean, the thing is, like, if you get out with like more than 50%, like, let's say this crypto market, like, bull market continues and you get out with like 50% of your all time high value, I think you didn't, you've done pretty well, it, considering like all coin movements and all that stuff that comes in at the tail end of the bull market. I think like most people would have been really, really happy if they just kind of got out with like having 50% of their all time high value. Yeah, um, that's pretty hot. 17, t- that's pretty right? hot tick, though. You know, like people always talk about capturing the vast majority of the, t- of the trend. And yeah, but sometimes you overcapture, basically, right? You go all the way to all time high, and then it pulls back, and then you're like, oh, maybe this just starts bouncing again and keeps on going higher, and then you get invalidated, and that might be a fifty percent move, that might be a forty percent move, um, and then you're like, okay, I'm I'm taking profits now, and then you're not going to be at your all-time high value, right? You don't have to necessarily sell the top. You don't have to sell on the way up either. You just have to have an invalidation at some point. Yeah, I think if you can capture it, one of the best places, if you leave that there, is that complacency bounce after the initial pain, right? Um, like, so you might be 40% down or something on the wick. Like, not uh, if you go... F- yeah, the higher one, right? Yeah, the higher oh, one. the higher one. Yeah, so like... If you can properly capture that as complacency after it has that wick down, back up, and then you sell close to the top of that, the top to bottom of that is pretty nice, right? Like you've mm-hmm. you've had a drawdown, but you sold the sold the complacency back up, um, and that's where you risk off. And that's what, to be frank, like when at this point of the market, when we have these like lower highs. Uh, you want to see strength come in because you don't want to be the person that's got their hopium still on when it's just the complacency bounce, you know? Yep. But I think like that complacency bounce comes after like a massive crash usually. Right. And it has not felt to me anyway, that we've had a massive crash. I mean, if you look at that, like 20 K to what was it? 10 K. It was move? like back to 10 K. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That felt massive. I still remember sitting through that and I was like, Oh, this is, this is brutal. And I had sold a bunch of stuff already. Um, and I still was like, oh, shit, this is this is nasty. Yes. And I don't think I, I haven't felt like that for a second during this entire run up. Basically, yeah. every that every down move. Um, so that was the most significant down move of the entire cycle. And we were the most extended off of the mean on the high end. And um, it was the sharpest correction. Like everything about that was just different than the rest of the dump, the dips in that market. So. You know, a smarter investor would have been able to see, like, okay, <laughs> I think this is complacency. But I feel like you have, you probably have to experience it or trust someone that's been through something like that, that type of, you know, like whatever, like a 10 sigma move <laughs> or whatever, uh, to realize what's different about it when it breaks down. Um, or else it'd be really easy to get trapped in it. Yep. Yeah. The one from that bull market where I really remember is right where your blue breakdown line is. Uh, look there, 12K or so. Um, yeah, like on that right side, you're on a uh, daily, chart. daily chart. But like on the mid time frame, just kind of what I was getting at earlier, that felt like such a tight consolidation. And when it broke down from that, that's when if you haven't done it yet, now you got to get out. And obviously a lot of people did. Um, but like, Look how brutal it gets once it breaks down from something like that, you know? It was like when the discussion back then was like, all right, we had our dip, you know, we've had our one bounce since the massive 40% pullback. Have the dip, it got bought back up. 
here's the last dip. That was what people were saying at the time. Yeah. Um, I, the tough part, I think, about 2017, 2018, or early 2018, was for the next two or three months, really, I guess all the way through March, um, like that was the wildest time in alt history. Like if you go back to a lot of alt charts, like where they topped out, like for me personally, I didn't even have uh, as much kind of total portfolio value at the top as I did like three or four months on into 2018. Not that my portfolio reached dollar all-time highs, but like the way that alts were bouncing here, I think it made everyone think, man, if my alts are going up 5X every single week, maybe Bitcoin can bounce back. So that was like one of the really tough um, mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, it was a huge contrast of like gold market's incredibly bullish, Bitcoin isn't. During that impl- entire complacency run until it broke down from 12K, that's when alts were running, right? Yeah, exactly yeah. right. So no, I, don't, I don't think alts really started to dive until, what month was that where it broke down? It was February. February, February. Yeah. February. okay. So yeah. actually Bitcoin got to its lowest, most alts topped basically last week of January. Yeah. So it's kind of a funny thing where like, even as we broke down through that, it was like, all right, that was one more kind of, you know, everyone got licked. Now we go back up. And then it was like, no, we just go lower. But like alts <laughs> yeah. actually still were making new all-time highs. Like, you know, up, up until old, that point, yeah. Yeah, like ETH sold all-time high was when Bitcoin was just getting absolutely annihilated and it's because ETH was going up in Bitcoin terms. So it's like, yeah, it's one of those things where if that thing does happen, you know, if that does happen again for Bitcoin, if we have a period where we consolidate for a month, we don't make a new all-time high, we have a 20 or 30% drop, it's like you kind of got to, you know, yeah. whether you're an alt trader and, and you're cool with that, like, sure, play the alts, but you got to start really thinking about what's, uh, what's coming in, in one or two months. Yeah, I think in general with the altcoins, like if they go completely crazy again, especially the shit ones. I mean, if you look back on Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash, XRP, like all of those, if they go really mad after Bitcoin just kind of starts looking really bad, I think then you're in for very, very, I mean, it's going to be very likely that the top's already in. I mean, that's how I'm going to look at it anyway. If I'm looking for top signals, that's going to be a big one. Um, or coins just going completely mental while Bitcoin is just very, very weak because that, that always pulls people in, right? That's the best trap that you can set. You're like, okay, the old coins go crazy. The only way that you can really, I mean, nowadays it's a little bit less so, but like you're still going to buy Bitcoin to get into the market to buy old coins worth, right? right. Um, and if not that, you're still going to have exposure to Bitcoin while you're doing that. So what better trap could be set for new people in the market than just alts going completely crazy? So if, if all coins, especially the ones that are not really super useful, I mean, I would ex- exclude DeFi from that because, I mean, there might be uh, promise in DeFi. It's more fundamental um, justifications for why DeFi yeah. might pump. Yeah, but there's, if, if you see like XRP go up like 5x, 6, 6x, Bitcoin Cash, same deal, Litecoin. I think Litecoin is one of the better ones. If that happens, I think uh, then you're going to have to think long and hard about being over, like having too much exposure. Until then, um, it's just basically trading the chart, I guess. And I mean, for me, that's been just sitting on my hands watching it go up. <laughs> what do you guys think about this, uh, this Visa news with ETH? Are we finally going to see ETH do anything? I got I got comments and I posted that earlier. They're like, "What are you talking about? ETH, at, you know, seventeen hundred. And I'm like, "Man, ETH has been doing nothing. It's just tagging along with Bitcoin." Yeah, this like, is this does this news mean anything? Yeah, uh, this is one of our favorite topics in this show because like we're just all looking at Ethereum. Like, when the heck are you going to move relative to Bitcoin? Because if you look at this ETH BTC four hour that I pulled up, it's just this 
incredible grind. And I, I mean, we're going to get a big move in ETH. This is all this tells me here is like, this is the type of thing I tend to be a little bit of a contrarian investor. Um, and this is the type of thing where I feel like everyone is so fed up with Ethereum. Um, I feel like it's ready to make some kind of ridiculous move. And I don't know. We talked last week. Could we get that spring, right? And uh, Don, we got this right here. Was that enough of a spring in your mind? Or do you think that was just a tease of a of a broader breakdown? Because it didn't go down near as much as I would have anticipated yeah. because, like, to be that kind of proper spring. But if you consider, like, how tight everything was here, I mean, it didn't feel good when it happened if you had exposure, but it was only, like, 5% relative to Bitcoin, you know? It wasn't a it wasn't a significant like breakdown type of spring, um, and I, I don't know. I I have a hard time being bearish ETH BTC still. Um, yeah, I mean the breakdown was really really shallow. The thing that I do not like, I mean, we made this box basically dark green, right? <laughs> now it's got to be dark red. <laughs> uh, now what are it's, you doing? <laughs> I mean, nothing I can do about it, right? Um, as long as it's trading below there. Um, I, I wouldn't want to touch it. It's just not for me. I mean, the breakdown was very, very weak, so I could see it just reclaim it and then go. Um, but, I mean, it would have to reclaim it for me. And the thing is, like, it's so, that's so close, right? That's just like 4 to 5% move. It, that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but I think it's pretty risky here. Um, but I could see it. I mean, everything's kind of fa- like fake faked out over the weekend, right? So yeah. you had all these levels close below them, and then next day you just engulf it and go to the upside. So I could see the same thing here. Um, but for me, I mean, I've waited for a while now on this. I- I'm not going to be like you the know. one that jumps in before it actually does something that I want to see. Because, I mean, if you think about it, right, could have bought in here when it was like entering the support area and... Um, I mean, that was a better buy, in my opinion, than down here. And it's going to be a better buy again if it crosses above. And I think that's actually going to be a really good buy if we can kind of make make it go past resistance, break our box, <laughs> and then then fly. I mean, that would be the one that I want to see. Until then, uh, yeah, not liking it too much yeah. on the chart side of things. I mean, the I, fundamentals, sorry, the yeah. fundamental side of things. I mean, there's a bunch of good news, right, for ETH. We've had so many good news and nothing's really pushed it up. So maybe this is the one, um, but I'm going to assure you. Yeah, for sure. And man, it's been, um, it's been, it's been a difficult market because these, in, in some ways I think it's good. Some ways it just makes it harder, but like everything's not the same. So I was, you know, I had talked about sushi as a proxy before and, like it looked really strong here. It faded, it faded, it faded. And it's just like on the precipice of this pin, I finally gave up. And I was like, I'm not waiting for this to break down to this 200 day. Uh, but like sushi just looks really weak all of a sudden. But this is not everywhere. So you look at ETH, where it's got that grinding bottom. You look at sushi, where it looks like it just keeps wanting to lose a little bit versus uh, Bitcoin. And then what I find interesting is you get to some other pairs, and it's like all of a sudden they're showing some pretty significant relative strength versus Bitcoin and they're pairs that really never have before like curve. So it's like, is this just like the unpumped stuff pumping 
Um, or is this uh, a rotation? I don't know. <laughs> it's tr- it's tricky to me. Um, you know, in that curve chart, it looked even better back before, uh, you know, Bitcoin started moving overnight. But like I've been talking about how curve is the best looking DeFi chart there is because I love just the way it hit this, uh, you know, it hit, it hit this high here, which was never broke out versus uh, its prior um, but didn't have a deep retrace, and now it's just kind of grinding back up and finding strength in pretty much every dip relative to the rest of the market. And um, but curve is not the one you would have pointed at, right? You would have been you would have pointed at sushi, you would have pointed at uni, you would have pointed at ave. ave. Um, and like even uni, it was a total sell the news on uni 3.0, and now it looks like it's sitting at resistance. Like this is not a chart I want in. Like I don't know if yeah. either of y'all has interest in that, but to me no. that's. That's absolutely terrifying. This is exactly the type of chart I would expect to break down. I mean, we talked about this last week, right? We're like, yeah. if the uni news tend, like, if they end up being bullish for the market, then everything then is the, bullish. Yeah, and uh, that's not been the case. So, I mean, to me, we talked about this too, actually, this range. I still remember you saying, oh, shit, I hope it doesn't go to the range. <laughs> we were. And, uh, there we go. Like, I mean, maybe that's where it bounces. I generally don't like... I don't like double bottoms, this, no tops. Yeah. And I mean, this is like we talked about. This is a lengthy consolidation, right? Um, I mean, you could make a triangle out of this if you want to. You can make whatever you want out of it. But it's like, it's a long, long consolidation that you wouldn't expect to just bottom here and then go back up Yeah. versus Bitcoin. Now, I mean, I'd be happy if it did, but not looking too pretty. But look at I mean, that. curve, look, look curve at the, looked really good. Yeah. Look at the Sorry. uni, the uni chart too versus BTC. Um, like it completely Ugh. failed all time high breakouts twice. So similar to what I talked about with curve, <clears throat> you know, it went up to some high, not quite what it did in DeFi summer, but then the it broke out twice and failed both of them, and now it just looks incredibly weak. So there's this divergence in the market, like not. Not all alts are the same. And then you compare that yeah. to this grinding bottom in ETH. I am trying to figure out, and here's from a tradability perspective, are we actually starting to see flows from DeFi majors that did really well go back to either an ETH basis move or kind of the unpumped blue chip type of stuff? I, I don't know. It's the same story. I mean, you guys showed Uni. You showed, you showed uh, Sushi. You could show the exact same thing with Synthetics. It's like all the large cap blue chip DeFi's that ran 10 million percent have slowed down, even if they're still the strongest fundamentally and they're the biggest projects and they have probably the highest chance of surviving. Um, maybe it's just one of those things where like all the money that got into those, like there's just not that many more marginal dollars willing to buy those. But the smaller cap DeFi where you know retail plays a role in alls, but I think in small caps and in things with like massive upside and probably more risk, I think they just play a, a bigger role. And like, so it's much easier. You're seeing this weird rotation of like newer DeFi projects still in this crazy uptrend while the blue chips have really settled. I don't know, man. Cause I'm also on the side where I, I like ETH right now. Um, I'm, I'm really torn. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I think it, it's it, both. I think, I think ETH itself and these like unpumped blue chips. I, and I would put like, maybe you call them like DeFi value plays. Um, like, uh, this you know both of these are my bags but like this partially why i have them right like i think relative <laughs> relative value i think curve and zrx have fundamentals right in DeFi, 
and have not pumped like others. So they're a relative value play. But I think ETH is a relative value play in the same in the same sure. mindset. Whereas mm-hmm. we had these massive moves from synthetics and sushi and Ave and Uni, and maybe that's why where maybe that's the rotation we're seeing. Now, this is also a signal to me that like we're later in the altcoin bull market maybe than we want to be, <laughs> right? Like uh, because you're seeing altcoin rotation, it's not like throw a dart and everything yeah. pumps. That's what January was, right? Yeah. I think in general, what, what's been happening with this, and I've seen this over and over and over again, it's the same actually that we've had with Link. So like Uni, Sushi, all that kind of stuff, gets it, it creeps up in, in the market cap and gets back into like the, or gets into the top 10, top 20, right? And whenever that happens, uh, things just start to slow down, right? I mean, yeah. you just have to think about Link. It got up there and then you, people are like, okay, now it's so close to ETH. Does it really like, is Chainlink really worth like half of ETH or like a tenth of ETH? Yeah. Um, and then the answer becomes, okay, maybe, but do I really want to risk something to capture the last 2x that it's going to do? And I think that's what's kind of starts slowing these coins down. It's the same with the uni. It's getting up there in market cap. It's getting close to like the, the giants in the space. And then people are just like, okay, I've ridden this thing up all the way. And um, do I really want to risk my gains on just capturing another times two times three if the largest move of it is already done? And I think... I mean, that's something that we've seen over the years. I still remember the same being the case in, in 17, 18, um, that whenever you have a coin, like let's say you have like a top 50 coin and then you ride it into the top 10, top 20, uh, then it's probably time to just kind of start taking some profits or just make it into a long-term hold because, I mean, you're not going to see as much volatility as you're kind of used to. Yeah. A lot more dollars to move that, that same yep. coin yep. X percent. What's the path to your next two X? You know, that's, I think that was a good way to put it, Don. Yep. Um, and that, that essentially establishes the relative value for you, I guess. Right. Like I've long called for the repricing of DeFi, and for those, we maybe not got all the way, but we got a lot of the way repricing uni and Ave and synthetics. Yeah. Um, I mean, uni went all the way to number eight, market cap can uni go to number four absolutely sure but the path from eight to four is not near as much upside for your average degenerate as the path from like whatever it was what was it like number 40 or something and that was obviously too low yeah so number 40 to number eight was this omega pump from three dollars to thirty dollars or whatever it hit um so yeah all right so y'all are viewing this as altcoin rotation um are you dancing with them what are you doing so me personally, I've just been kind of struggling with finding a place where I really want to allocate while ETH is actually not looking too pretty to me. Yeah. Um, because I usually try to at least have ETH on my side as confidence when I dabble into the old coins. I mean, when you have ETH making higher lows, all is good, right? People, people feel risk on and uh, it's easier to pick just based on the fact that even if you pick wrong, you're probably going to make money. Uh, that's pretty important to me because, I mean, I'm not the, the most fundamental kind of guy. So I have to have the market on my side because if I'm probably going to pick the wrong altcoin, right? I'm still going to make money if I pick <laughs> the right altcoin conditions. But, I mean, I don't want to have the altcoin conditions against me. So while ETH is 
not trading above resistance, not kind of looking too hot. I don't want to get too exposed. Um, I, I was looking at Link and I was like, ah, I, I, I want to get Oof. in on this if it can kind of make make the chart look good and then it just never could right (laughs) this looks completely trash to me yeah it looks bad it looks like it wants to go into just long-term distribution relative to btc that's not a that's that doesn't mean it's like a bear market versus usd it's just not not doesn't look like where you're uh relative the hot assault yeah right nope you know you mentioned eth not looking good but i i actually feel like the eth usd chart looks even cleaner than bitcoins but it's obviously lower right like these this was not a new high. Like we're a little low. We're not like broken out above that resistance on the uh, on the current move. But the consolidation feels nicer to me. <laughs> like it kind of like this did back here, right? It was a very clear tension right at the all time high before it marked up and then ground up some more, faded back, tested it, consolidate, consolidate, consolidate. I drew this line as my. This was like my line in the sand. You know, this where it broke out from. I didn't want to see a full trace, full retrace of it. And that's basically where we moved back up. But it wasn't like high demand, right? Like a high demand push would have been from like 1640, but it got as low as like 1540 or something. I don't know what to make of that, you know? Like the pattern yeah. looks good, but it's definitely, it's not getting just like, you know, immediate demand all over the place. I kind of feel the same way. Sorry, Duke, go ahead. It's just so bizarre, man. Like, I I just feel like there's been a hundred opportunities to pump and it just cannot do it. I don't know if I kind of still view EIP 1559 and this potential for an upgrade in the summer. I still view that as bullish, but now I'm starting to see the other side of like whether or not that's going to be accepted and how many people in in the ETH community actually want that. And and what are the technical risks? Like, I'm not smart enough to, to be able to evaluate that, but I do think... Uh, it's not all bullish. Maybe some of the catalysts that, that we're looking forward towards. So maybe that's what's playing out in the chart is um, it's like some of the catalysts that people have been excited about aren't all, like there's there's risks associated with those as well. So I, I don't know. I've been bullish ETH. I've been wrongly bullish ETH like too much for the past month, uh, month or two. Uh, I'm still bullish ETH. Like I still think it, it goes on to new highs, <laughs> but like, uh, you know, I'm not proud of it. Like it's, it's one of those things that you kind of hold ETH and you're like, shit, what, what am I doing here? Luke um, and I are coping over our Ethereum bullishness. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those where I'm like, I know I'm not going to sell those because I'm going to watch it run past UK, but like, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not happy about it. I'm certainly not talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, for me, it's kind of like looking at this, I was like, if it, Closes below this box, it's probably toast, right? And then it closed below and then just recaptured the next day. So it's like, it's not good for me either, right? Like, I was like, this is probably going to go down uh, in here. And then it did. And I was like, okay, if it closes below, this is really going to be bad. It did. And then it just kind of went all the way back to where, where I started being like, ah, oh, this is not looking too hot. So it's like, I don't know who's trading this. I don't know who's making money on this. If you are, I mean, hats <laughs> off to you. Um, this is pretty tough, I think. This is a pretty tough chart to trade. Um, because like right now you're at resistance. If you're like, okay, if this reclaims it, it's going to moon. But then again, it's ETH, right? It's been like moving weirdly in like a million times, like in a million ways that I can't comprehend. So for me, it's just like, okay, just do whatever you want to ETH. I'm just going to look <laughs> at ETH BTC weekly. This is this is my my kind of thing that's been working for me. This chart, uh, and I'll just keep away from everything else. And if it can reclaim that resistance, I think 
we might see actual upside on it for once and more upside on it than on Bitcoin. So this is the line in the sand for me. How much have y'all been looking at these uh, legacy correlations? Because what I found interesting is honestly, the SPY looks very similar in that it is making pretty ugly like breaks into what should have been all time high breakouts and continuation. Um, like how similar does this look to what we've seen in, in, in crypto, you know, where it's just like non convincing, um, moves upward. Maybe you could say it's healthy as long as it maintains this consolidation, but it's certainly not got like a level of attractiveness to buyers at these breakout levels. Um, I've just been really fascinated by this uh, seeming similarity between uh, crypto and legacy. And I mean, how do you deny it too, right? Because of the what's happened since uh, since March. Like it, um, it seems like it's kind of due for this longer-term consolidation. Do you think these markets are playing in a related fashion? I don't know. I go, I go so back and forth. Lately, I haven't looked at it at all, uh, even like a month or two ago when everyone was focused on it. I just didn't buy it. I think... There, there's certainly points in time, right? Like I used to look at dollar yuan when there was this weird correlation with what dollar yuan was doing with Bitcoin. And there's you know certain times where Bitcoin and, and equities will trade tick for tick. I think it's generally like when people are like very news line, uh, news headline, like hungry, like people are watching, you know, is the stimulus going to pass? And how do equities react? And, you know, based on how they open, is that bullish for Bitcoin? Like, I think that matters, you know, at the, maybe at, at point A and point B, but like everything in between, just like, I think Bitcoin could could rip up higher again. Like all it takes is one announcement from Twitter to say they added you know Bitcoin to their corporate treasury, and, and Bitcoin goes for a rip, and equities can keep doing whatever they want to do, um, unless something like crazy happens. Like if there's a twenty percent down day in, in stocks, sure, I bet Bitcoin feels some of that too. Uh, I am I haven't been paying attention to it too that much, but maybe I'm just missing. Out. I don't know. I haven't been watching it. I mean, for me, it's kind of it, it's so weird how they just. I mean, Bitcoin is basically doing the same thing as the traditional markets to me. It's just been much, much bigger, right? It's yeah. a much bigger move. Um, it's felt less risky too, which is kind of weird. Um, but yeah, I, for me, there is definitely something there. It's not something that you can necessarily trade all the time on the lower time frames. I mean, we've had some times in this in, in the last year, basically, where it's been really, really easy uh, to trade the correlation between them. And then we've had other times where it's just been like, okay, everyone gets run over that is trying to trade the correlation. And um, I think it's more of a long-term thing, and I do think it's pretty damn similar. So, I, I mean, I think if, if we take a break in the traditional markets, Bitcoin's probably going to take a break as well. It's going to be more of a, okay, what's going to perform better? Yeah, and then it's gonna be okay. One is doing well, the other is doing poorly. Legacy markets have their own rotation going on too. Like the Nasdaq looks absolutely atrocious to me. Like it doesn't even have close to the same recovery that the S and P does. And as y'all know, like it was the leader always for years. You know, so like there's some pretty clear legacy rotation occurring too. Um, there's a lot of crazy stuff happening in legacy. I just feel like it's uh, something I want to keep an eye on because I do think it can be a drag on on the crypto market at a bare <laughs> minimum. Uh, same with the uh, the Dixie. This is the weekly. It's basically at the top of the range that it could possibly go to and still be bearish <laughs> in my mind. Um, 
if I look at purely at the moving averages, the moving averages are telling me to get over it and deal with the strong dollar. Um, as we've said before on the show, this is a relative fiat basis, so it's the dollar versus other stuff when you look at the Dixie. So maybe that gives it some wiggle room to be strong without particularly affecting something like Bitcoin, if Bitcoin's still better than each individual currency. But on a relative basis, this has always been a pretty strong signal for crypto. And overall, it, it looks um, it looks fairly strong to me, the Dixie does. Um it's also kind of at the peak short potential, right? Like if you're going to short the Dixie, like this is probably like your best risk reward area to do it. So I'm, I'm pretty torn on it. I mean, when I'm looking at it, it depends on how the next two days go. Right. But I mean, this looks damn bullish to me. Like, I, I mean, just from a technical kind of standpoint, you've had like, this is what I look for in every single coin. And even on, on Bitcoin, whenever you set a bottom, like these kind of things, um, into a, a reclaim of of support. I mean, this looks pretty damn good to me. Yeah. So, so you don't have today's on there. You're just looking at completed dailies. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is the monthly, right? So, oh, okay, that's why. I'm, yeah, that's why I'm missing it. Yeah, so I mean, if you're looking at this on the monthly time frame, this is a huge reclaim to me. Like, this was resistance in here, and you had to break out retested, retested, failed, retested. I mean, this is like an area that's been traded in a bunch of times. The market's been turning around there a million times. Like if this was crypto, I would be trying to get long in that area if the monthly closes like this. Yeah. Uh, so It's not pretty for, for crypto because <laughs> it's typically um, an inverse correlation. So I can show I've had these vertical lines forever. Um the end of the 2014, uh, I'm sorry, from uh, December 2016 is really where that bull market started for crypto. And look, this is where the bull market, <laughs> bull market ended. This was almost entirely a bear market and then, you know, basing. Uh, and this is where the bull market really kicked off. And so it, at least for the couple of cycles, it's been a pretty darn good uh, macro indicator. Yep. Concerning. <laughs> Concerning, yeah concerning i just think there bitcoin's like it, it's a trillion right it, but it's still so small man there's so many forces here at play like you yeah. can have a strengthening dollar versus other currencies that are that are getting weaker and and still kind of uh the dollar could be getting weaker towards bitcoin like definitely a good indicator it's like we talked about at the beginning of the show like looking at that macro market structure for bitcoin does help right but you have to consider other things like the, you have to be kind of have some kind of rule set going into it understand things are, are changing all the time so for sure. Definitely something to think about. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not too worried about it yet. Yeah, well, smarter people than me um, talked to uh, CMS Holdings, Dan, last week, and he was like, look, man, it's hard enough to get crypto trades right. Like, why are you trying <laughs> to get macro right at the same time? Exactly. Uh, so, yeah. you know, I need to take that, uh, heed that advice, because it can shake you out of your positions if you let yourself get shook by them. So mm. why don't we dig into um, Don... Your mine and yours kind of top watch of last week, and then uh, we'll do uh, a review of that, and then what we're, what our top watch is for the week ahead. What were you guys looking at last week? Yeah, that's a good question <laughs> because I don't. Oh, do you not want to bring it up? No, I, I, I was I was interested in whether or not Alpha could break up, uh, okay. and then it looked like it did. 
and then it completely faded it, and it's right back to where it was, which has been the theme. Every time I bring up, like, here's the altcoin that I want to see if it can find additional strength, it's like, I don't know, man, that's like really deep into this consolidation. It's starting to, it's, if it, it should have broken up here, you know, and the fact that it didn't, it's making me feel like it's more distribution on alpha than anything else. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't make me necessarily like bearish because it hasn't broken down. It's just, it didn't do, it didn't give you the like impulse and go move that you would have wanted in that scenario. Um, so it, it kind of makes me feel like it's sushi 2.0, right? Like it just break up, consolidate, and inevitably just weaken after that. And that's kind of my fear looking at that. Uh, and then I'll get into my what I'm watching next week. But Don, do you remember? Uh, I mean, I think I talked about ETH. Yeah, you, you're um, all over this ETH BTC chart. Yeah, I mean, that's basically been... I was like, this is not gonna... I, it doesn't look like it wants to go up. I want to see it go up if it go Like, if I want to get... Uh, position. I think we talked about like this close. And we're like, ah, we don't like it. Like you and I both didn't like it. Yeah. And um, th- then it broke down the next week. So I mean, still not looking good on the E front. Uh, something I want to talk about. This was something that I mentioned in like the first time that we talked. I think, or like the second time that we did like uh, weekly open was uh, Leo actually. Which I mean, this has been the most painful position i've ever had i think this is so dumb (laughs) (laughs) it's just sitting there it looks like it's moved a lot right but it's like this is so stupid this is the worst chart i've ever seen like from a like just holding this thing so i talked on i think i talked on it like months ago actually like it's more than a month now and uh, if you didn't catch it that one week you're screwed yeah basically and i mean i caught it in the middle here so it's just been like I mean, it's just nice, like, having a 20% gain, right? But it's, like, it's the most painful 20% I've ever made. So this has, <laughs> has been has been sucking. But, I mean, I, I still think this can go up, right? Um, I mean, it's not looking too bad, even, like, on this chart, even on the higher time frames. So, I mean, I, I, I hope this continues to go up. Um, and then, like, still the same thing with EFPTC. I'm going to position myself aggressively in your coins if we cross this again this is already an improvement to me because before i was actually looking for it to kind of reclaim this yeah um and now it's much much closer so i mean this is what i'm gonna be watching if it crosses there i'm gonna buy some old coins i'm not gonna go all in because i mean it's still bearish technically to me um but i'm gonna dip my toes so this is gonna be the thing to watch you'll turn that solid red into back to solid green yeah <laughs> Yeah. Looking forward to that. Actually. So when I when I showed the uh, that earlier as a potential spring, like on those mid time frames, maybe. But yeah, certainly when you look at this, it just looks like it's retesting resistance. But that doesn't mean it can't go further. Today is Monday. Yeah. Yeah. This is weekly open for a reason. We could get that full completion of the spring this week, and it would all of a sudden next week we're like super bullish and being you know, telling a whole different story. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it before, right? On this EFUSD chart, for example. I mean, you just close below it, and then next the next day, just completely blast through it, make me look like an idiot. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that just happens, right? That's that's trading. This is why consolidation is particularly difficult to trade, though. Um, yeah. And sometimes, like, just a lack of active trading can be your friend until you get some confirmation. Um. Yeah. 
All right, so that's what you're gonna you're gonna roll that roll that into what to continue to watch, right? Yeah, I mean, it's basically I I can't like recommend going into any old coin other the other than the ones that you maybe like fundamentally or whatever until that resolves, and that's been the case. And I, I mean, I don't even know, like the last two weeks, all coins haven't really been doing that well, right? Most well, of them have been pulling back um, or like just went sideways, right? So yeah, a lot of, a lot of sideways grinding, you know, et cetera. Um, so for me, the top watch this week is these relative value plays to see if that is actually true. Um, curve being my top one. Like if this is a relative value play, if this is going to have a move, then this should be, uh, maybe not as strong, but like when Uni broke its USD all-time high, it should break above 350, and it should get significant markup. Like from 350, I want to see like $6 plus at a bare minimum. Uh, I want $10 curve, you know, something like that. Relative to the Bitcoin pair, it should have cleared, you know, all this junk down here and have clear markup into prior highs, um, 900 sats. That's almost a double from where it is currently relative to Bitcoin, so aligns with that USD markup. And if it's like properly altcoin bullish, it could even go further than that. You know, it could go further than I anticipate. This is where I get to this relative value. Like, theoretically, I should be able to seek a 3 or 4x on an altcoin-like curve even. Um, that's ambitious, but there's been relative strength on this on this pair and on this market. Um, so I'll use that as my, my proxy. Uh, and that should probably relate to some of the ones that I've looked at in the past, but, um, you know, like so far, like alpha, it just hasn't proven it. And maybe it's that same concept, right? It was three cents and now it's a dollar 83. So maybe people just don't care. They're so profitable. They're treating it as their distribution. I, I really like your curve setup actually looks really good on the USD and uh, I mean, it looks decent ish on the Bitcoin pair, I think, but like the USD pair is pretty nice. Yeah. And I did, I preempted that a little bit. Um, you know, like I started entering somewhere in the twos. I don't remember where it's been. A, it's been a handful of days, but, um, but I mean, I added to it last night, like on the new, on the new weekly, I basically bought like whatever my you know, little dip there was or something added to it at three bucks and it just seems to be it has more movement in it than other stuff and i want to pay attention to that yeah. ever since it's broken out of this like downtrend here it's been going yeah completely been mental a, yeah it's been a pretty strong pretty strong pair luke what are you watching this week uh besides watching bitcoin go up um, I'm looking at the chat, man. Everyone's saying DeFi is in, in distribution. I think like the, the, the biggest idea for me, let me share this real quick. Uh, click yes, share, please. Um, the biggest idea for me, we mentioned it, right? Like the DeFi blue chips are, are all underperforming now. So you have the unis, you have the sushis, the aves, uh, links, right? They're all down significantly in Bitcoin. They're basically stalling. So you have very large cap coins that are basically not looking strong like momentum is down on them they're not going up as fast and they're just expensive what i do think is interesting is there's like this weird divergence of of those mid cap or smaller cap DeFi coins uh that are still looking really strong so like not only are they better priced but momentum is still there and, and they're making new all-time highs one of them's mirror i really like the look of it's kind of it's kind of like a comparable to synthetics uh their volume is actually pretty comparable to synthetics as well and then also things like rune 
uh, chaos not coming chaos net coming up. It's basically like the mid to lower cap DeFi coins that still have really good momentum, still are kind of challenging their all-time highs. And I think they're just better priced. Like, sure, if DeFi continues to consolidate or goes down, you know, all DeFi gets hurt. But like the things that look really strong, for whatever reason, it's like they can keep doing well. So I think you have ZRX, I would also put in that group, like challenging its all-time highs. You have groups of these DeFi coins that momentum actually still looks good. And I think they're more appropriately priced. I think Mirror fits in that. I think Rune fits in that. And I think uh, ZRX fits in that. But past that, man, it's it's basically just watching Bitcoin. Like those are, you know, day long, two day long trades. If you catch a swing, you catch it. If not, uh, I don't think there's too much to do. So that's what I'm watching. Yeah, we seem in pretty strong agreement on what could happen there. The one thing I'd say is I think, like I mentioned earlier, I think this would be a great week for ETH to start its move, but for the same exact reason. Um, flow, if, if flow continues out of those blue chips, and this makes me rethink, like I, I re-entered uh, at least a, a bit on Aave. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe the move is in the, the true mid caps of DeFi and the, the ETH pair. I'm, I tend to look for exactly what you put there, Luke. <clears throat> Looks like a classic. I, I'm obviously, if you're entering here, you're preempting the move that you get, but it get, if you're right, it gives you like a free four or five percent buffer, right? Um, yeah. It tends to be how I play these in crypto rather than waiting, so it might lower my strike rate a little bit, but it gives me a added buffer uh, if I have a high confidence play that it's going to do a certain breakout. Um, hmm. I'm getting more and more confident on that. Like it just hits a point of pain. Like when people are mocking something for being such a slow mover, but the fundamentals are so strong, it tends to make me feel like it's getting close, you know? Yeah, I think every bottom's kind of been set that way, right? Whenever you see people on Twitter complain, it's always been the point where it just starts bouncing up. Yeah. Um, like I so made I mean, the ETH bet. I made the ETH 2500 bet with Josh at the beginning of the month. Um, or no, maybe even in February. God, I'm in that bet, aren't I? What do we owe him? If we're wrong? <laughs> I forgot that you got in it. You could probably not say anything, and if he doesn't listen back Delete to this, this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but I was looking for 2500 back whenever we made it. Um, yeah. and I was like, it doesn't even have to do that much to do it. Uh, but then it's just here, here we are, like doing a big bag of nothing for a long time. And I, long. It, it reminds me of one of those things where I'm going to lose the bet and then it's going to do exactly what I said and it's going to do it in like three days. Uh, low time frame. Low time frame. We're getting some movement here. Five minutes. We're getting some movement. The bots are on. <laughs> Someone's listening. Someone's listening to Let's us. Let's go, baby. Uh, you know what would be glorious? What's today? The 29th? actually is pushing the new high. If we, if we did like some kind of 30% move in three days, which is a very Ethereum thing to do, then, man, I would laugh. If Are I, you guys watching this? Yeah. I mean, it's... This is, a, this is a, I want to get off of here and go long it right now. Uh, so maybe that's what we'll do. Uh, watch ETH. Keep an eye on it. Also, go trade on Blockfolio. Weeklyopen.com slash... Blockfolio, and uh, yeah, it's a it's it's a great place to trade. We're happy to have them as a partner. Hey, and uh, one more thing, uh, while you're at it, I didn't mention this earlier, but you can go to weeklyopen.com uh, website, catch the replays. Look at that, all those weekly open replays that you can go to. Thanks for joining us. 
We'll see y'all next week. Bye-bye. Later. Bye-bye.